Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, whether on my side of the pond over in London, England. I love London, England. I don't know where else London is, but there's probably lots of Londons in America and also for our American and Canadian listeners as well. So we've got Brian Johnson from Canopy Management talking with us. Brian's coached over 20,000 brands to sell better on Amazon and Canopy Management helps brands to advertise and sell better to become the category kings of their niches such a cool uh, little bit of a tagline there said so, brian welcome back to the show glad to be here again thank you so last uh, episode we talked about optimization of your listing to make sure when you get the traffic there that you're going to get the click and then you're going to get the conversions to the sales and and then that sort of kicks off all the the algorithm and you know right. we're kind of cooking with gas then but obviously we've got to get the traffic there as you said visibility is getting ever more challenging so the the two topics we've got on the table today are stealing market share from competitors and defending your product airspace that's such a cool uh, little phrase. I've no idea what that means. So tell me what airspace is, first of all. It's just, it's just. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different words you can use for it, I suppose. But so airspace is more kind of like your own real estate. Think of it this way is it's not uncommon for me to go in and if I'm uh, consulting with um, a new client to, to look at their listings and say, it's like, okay, the way you had your ads set up on your own product detail pages, you basically left the door wide open. That's one way you can put it. The door you know wide open for competitors to run ads on your listing i like to characterize it as it's as if you basically allowed somebody to put a for sale sign in your front yard your backyard and each of your side yards <laughs> so you're basically surrounded by somebody else's for sale signs when in fact it is your lawn right so uh, ultimately what we want to do is by defending our real estate defending our airspace we're basically saying like we're reducing the distractions of a shopper who has made it to our product detail page. We don't want to lose them because of some shiny object of some competitor ad that pulls them away from our product, pulls them away from our brand. It's a good chance we're not going to get them back, right? So it's it's better to defend some of that advertised real estate or airspace. And at the same time, what we're talking about as far as acquiring market share is if some other competitor leaves the door wide open or leaves the lawn wide open, whatever analogy you want to use, then you can certainly, you know, put your ads in there in order to, we can say, distract their shopper. But ultimately, you're offering, potentially you're offering a better product to the shopper, better value. And kind of like what the last episode was, is if you can express that value right up front, you're much more likely to grab the attention of that shopper and gain the sale. Thereby, you're increasing your market share. You're taking a bigger percentage of your product niche. Nice. That's really good. So I guess what you're saying is basically defend your product airspace so that you know people can't come and park their tanks on your lawn, so to speak, or they can't put your for sale sign. Even more aggressive metaphor than yours, which is I've been very Americanized here. It's all the military metaphors. But yeah, on the other hand, you want to do the exact thing to competitors you're defending against, which totally makes sense. So how do we go about that then? How do we defend our product airspace first of all? 
Well, probably one of the biggest things is, of course, Amazon's ad uh, platforms. They have two major ones. Of course, it's Ad Console, which people have associated with either Vendor Central or Seller Central. It's now just called Ad, ad Console. The second one, of course, is Demand Side Platform or DSP. DSP as a sidebar, um, you have where Amazon will manage it for you for, for a reasonable $35,000 in ad spend every single month. Or you can work with one of the, the partnered agencies uh, of Amazon that allows that will actually run the DSP ads for you, similar to what obviously Canopy Management does. And so what you're trying to do then is primarily what the, the lever that most of us have control over is what is available through ad console, through seller central, vendor central. And what has increased as far as the ad real estate or the ad types that have become available in the last year and a half or so that most competitors are still not using. Like literally, because I look at, you know, I talk to, to new clients on a regular basis, we see this again and again and again, where most brands within a niche are only about using about 15% of the available ad types that are available on Amazon. That means you've got an 85% chance of basically taking somebody else's shopper away from them. Or if you're not doing it, somebody else has an 85% chance of taking your shopper away from you. So easiest way to do is to bring up your own product detail page or your top competitor, you know, product detail page. And you can look right below. Well, you can look above their listing. There's a thin stripe. It's, it's almost like a compressed headline ad. That is a uh, sponsored display product targeting ad. And again, product targeting ads have quite a bit of coverage now in key places on product detail page, hence the product targeting ad. So you have a thin stripe ad that runs up above. You have an ad that typically runs right below the bullet points of a product listing. On the right-hand column below the add to cart, you're going to have another ad placement, another product targeting ad placement. And then down below, you're going to have other things as far as you'll have brand ads, you'll have um, sponsored products like keyword ads and automatic ads that come up in various rows down below uh, on the listing. Now, something I had mentioned in, in the previous episode, which definitely encouraged everybody to go out and watch that one as well. And that is most shoppers who get to a product detail page, 80% of them will stay in the top half or the top quarter section of a product detail page. The only about 20% will ever actually make it down to where the A plus content is or the description field is. Now that's going to be a little bit different on a mobile platform because they flip it where the description and the bullet points are reversed. However, on a desktop, for instance, most will not even go past the very top visibility. And so that's where you've got to have your most compelling content as well as you've got to protect your ad space as well. And that's usually on a desktop and then on mobile, it's a little bit different between the two, but there's usually two to three key ad placements that are product targeting ads that you should be at a minimum running ads against your other products. You can't run it against the same product. You can't run it against a child variation underneath the same parent. But if you've got separate products, standalone products, or those that are not simply just child variations of each other, then you can cross market your own products on your own product detail page, thereby defending that ad space from competitors occupying it with an ad. You don't have to be so aggressive in your ad spend that you are occupying that space 100% of the time. 
but you certainly want to be one of the players, one of the, the people who are bidding in that ad space so that you're at least making it a little bit more expensive for your computers to try to occupy that space. Yeah, and I guess this is something playing defense and offense, I suppose you put it. This is, by the way, not a, not a thing that any Brit would say, but I guess the Americans would probably think that way, that you've oh. got to really think about playing defense a lot more than most people do because everyone gets obsessed with grabbing market share and then they move on to the next thing because as entrepreneurs, we have that ADHD. It's like, okay, I've done that. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. And of course, you do yeah. your grabbing market share and you go off to your second product the person who's in the space of the first product if you grab market share off somebody else they are sure as hell going to fight back and even if they haven't there's somebody else new coming up behind you all the time it's going to look for it so yeah that it totally makes sense it's kind of a very very obvious thing to say except i see very few people really actively talking about it and and having a defensive strategy which actually in a hyper competitive market you're so right it's got to make sense so you were just saying about how to do this in practical ways does a bit more so cross marketing your own products how would we use that exactly would that be sponsored brand ads or sponsored product ads i always there, there's a bit of a sort of alphabet soup of product of ad types now oh yeah so all of us who have a professional uh selling account on amazon already has access to sponsored product uh, ads right so there's three ad types within ad console the sponsored product sponsored brand and sponsored display each one of those has the ability to do product targeting ads so Product targeting ads is what you want to go after. I will I will have a little sidebar here about category targeting. Category targeting is the lazy and ineffective way of doing product targeting because it's like like oh well I'll just let Amazon do the recommendation and they'll do the work for me. No, they won't. They they don't. <laughs> Anybody who's been in Amazon long enough knows like they're not doing your keyword research for you. They're not going to do you any favors about getting the right customer in front. You've got to go after it yourself. And that includes your targeting when it comes to product targeting ads. At a minimum, if you only if you don't have brand registry and you have access to sponsored product ads, definitely go in there and start setting up some sponsored product product targeting ads. You can set them up from a defense standpoint or protecting your own real estate where you're advertising your products and you are targeting your, your products. So you are cross-marketing. If you only have five minutes to set it up, Throw all of your products in and throw all your products in both the the what's what's being advertised and what's being sold and then let Amazon, you know, figure out which ones are going to show. That would be the short version. And I say that mainly because most entrepreneurs are great about charging or starting and charging forward. They're not good at maintenance and coming back and saying, oh, I need to pivot. I need to update my listings that I created a year ago or something like that. We, we suck at that, right? Because we're always charging forward. Yeah, right? absolutely true. Yeah. And that's why you've got to kind of try and employ somebody and eventually an agency. It's not just about the dramatic moving of the needle now. It's that steady cumulative defense of profits that you would otherwise lose. Well, even I mean, even the entrepreneurs, you know, would, would probably entertain you know if you frame it if you if you think about it like okay here's an opportunity you've got to go in and you've got to change your product listings anyway with some of the new bullet point content changes with the caps right so you're gonna have to make some changes there anyway but you also have some ads to create think of it more as i'm going to relaunch my product or i'm going to relaunch the products that don't move as well as my top selling hero products for instance entrepreneurs will tend to get behind like, oh, I've got to do maintenance and do updates and they never get around to it. It's just kind of the, our nature, right? But if we frame it in the sense like, like, oh, I get to relaunch this this, thing, this product and reintroduce it, all of a sudden, hey, it's a, it's a new project for us. 
<laughs> so <laughs> psychological tricks for entrepreneurs, I guess. Most people are going to have access to sponsored product ads. Now, sponsored product ads, as most of you are aware, and are, because everybody has access to it, it's the most expensive, whether that's keywords, product targeting ads, category targeting ads, uh, automatic campaigns, those are going to be the most expensive because everybody has access to them already. If you have brand registry, you have access to sponsored brand ads and sponsored display ads, you definitely want to implement product targeting ads. First and foremost, you'd have a campaign that is defense where you're, again, you're cross-market, you're targeting and you're advertising your own product line. And then the offense or the market share acquiring kind of ads is where you're advertising your, ideally, if you got a lot of products, try to narrow it down to like maybe advertising your top converting products. Not necessarily top selling, but just your products that have the highest USP, the highest conversion rate. Those are the ones you want to have. That's your best foot put forward, right? Those are the ones you want to advertise and then try to align it up so that if you have, you know, completely different products, try to group them together into their own campaigns so that all of my, you know, my electronic dartboards are different than my pool tables, for instance, right? My billiard tables. The electronic dartboards, you're, you're, you're going directly after direct competitors who are also selling electronic dartboards, for instance. That would be kind of the first round as far as where you're running your ads as a product targeting ad. And don't overthink as far as like, oh, I don't know what budget or bid or you know, campaign bidding strategy or placement I need to use, just go with some of the defaults, come up with an arbitrary number with a low budget and just get something live and start testing and observing the data. Don't get caught up on like, am I doing everything correctly? Just fake it until you make it, right? Just get something out there. Learn from the data as it happens, not don't get it perfect before you create it. And you're, you're targeting those competitors. Don't just simply just do two or three, right? Don't do 10 do at least 20 or 30 target ASINs, target competitors. You probably have hundreds, if not thousands, more target competitors you could uh, target within your niche. Our new partner for today's episode is Ovals, the stock management experts. According to Retail Dive, e-commerce store owners lost $22 billion in sales because of being out of stock. 15% of consumers actually switched sites to buy the item if they encountered an out-of-stock product online. Don't let that be your customer. Ovals can help you avoid these mistakes. With Ovals, you can check for stock errors and improve inventory accuracy to increase sales. Ovals want to help you grow your sales with a free inventory accuracy cheat sheet. All our listeners will get two months of an Ovals paid plan for free. You can get your free months by visiting ovals.io forward slash amazing FBA. That's O-V-A-L-Z dot I-O forward slash amazing F for Freddie, B for Bertie, A for Alpha. My recommendation is that the weak competitors are typically compared to your product are typically the easier ones to try to gain market share from. That's kind of the low hanging fruit. That's a lot easier, much more likely to produce, produce a result is if you have a four and a half star rating, target those who have a four star rating or below. If you have a product that is um, priced well and somebody else has a product that's, that you think is too expensive or on the other side, too cheap, too inexpensive, translates to cheap, you know, junk. Or the one I love to do specifically on the one time that I actually do use category targeting is specifically because category targeting has a filter specifically for prime versus non-prime eligible shipping. 
If you have a prime product and you advertise against products that are non-prime, you're going to get in front of an audience who, who is primarily trained to want instant gratification. I want this tomorrow. You know, it's like, I just clicked on the add to cart button. Where is it? You know, <laughs> it's, we have no patience whatsoever. We want it right now. And so we certainly are not going to choose a competitive product if it takes us even a few days or, or more than a week to get, I want something that is going to be prime shift. And there, that's exactly who you should be targeting from a category targeting ad. But the product targeting ads, 20 to 30 ASINs, ideally that are weaker, maybe have a perceived lower value than yours. It does require a little bit of research on your part. Don't, don't just simply just accept, oh, Amazon made a bunch of suggestions. I'm just going to add those in and be done with it. If you're, if you're not going to do, if you're not going to do your own research and really understand, you know, take the extra 20 minutes it takes to actually do this exercise. Don't, don't, don't just take what Amazon hands to you because that's what everybody else is given also. And then you're competing against, you know, high competition again. Yeah. I guess two things. Yeah. You're not only you competing with, uh, everyone but also amazon's primary objective is to maximize their profit from their advertising system right it's one of their big cash flow centers that and aws so it, it's a bit like when google guys phone you up and say oh we got some suggestions for you it's like nah they're suggestions for you not for me <laughs> in my experience right they'll they'll make you spend a lot more whether it's of any commercial value to you is always i think questionable so yeah, it's a good reminder so okay, so what? Where are we at then? So we've we've used primarily sponsored product ads by the sound of it so far. Those who've so got a, um, yeah, we've done a defensive campaign. Or yeah, campaign. we've done where we're cross marketing our own products. Yeah, we are doing an offensive campaign where we're targeting direct competitors. And yeah. if you've got the energy, I highly recommend because none of your uh, none of your competitors are doing is going out and identifying what are the products that are complementary to your product. There are accessories or basically other products that may not even be directly related to your product, but are also purchased by your same target audience. An example on that might be where if I'm selling, I'll go back to the electronic dartboard um, example again. I might be buying an electronic dartboard and I might be putting it into a man cave or a game room or something like that, right? Well, there's other things I'm going to have in that room. You know, I might have a billiards table. I might have, you know, a soda machine. I don't know what, what else. I don't have a man cave myself, but, <laughs> but, you know, there's other things that you probably want to put up there. And then people are shopping to kind of like, oh, I want, you know, the, the cool things that go in this room that are fun and their game systems or whatever. That's still your target audience. Just because they're not looking for your product right now doesn't mean that if they're in there and they're looking for, hey, here's a toy storage system for, you know, for a game room or for a man cave, that if they see an ad that sticks out like a sore thumb, which is what we talked about on the same on the last on the other episode, if it sticks out like a sore thumb from everything else that is in their search screen, it's going to catch their eye and they're going like, Oh, you know what? That would be a cool thing to have in, in, in my room. You get some impulse sales from that by, by not going after your direct competitors, but actually going after where are your audience? What else is your audience shopping for and getting ads running on those kind of products? It reminds me of an old school um, marketing question, which is where who has my audience? Normally, that's a pretty to 
you know reaching out to somebody in a joint venture to to see if you can do joint venture but in this case it's just basically bypassing that conversation and going straight to advertising on their listing as you said basically it's the equivalent of walking up to somebody's house and planting the for sale signs on the side of the the house so uh yeah that does actually make huge sense and i I think you're it sounds as soon as you say it it sounds obvious but i've not heard anyone else say that so that tells me it's probably underutilized right what's your experience is this uh, um, underutilized yes yeah yeah fantastic so that's real gold right there so i've been that's a lovely yeah i've been i've been teaching my own team you know to apply it for our clients uh, as well as you know my own coaching students and that kind of stuff for at least a year and so more recently obviously because you invited me in and said you know what i'm going to give some of my more of my secret nuggets that i've been using here that are still to this day most brands are not using no that that's not something i've come across and as soon as you say it i'm like this makes so much sense why isn't everyone doing this so what other golden nuggets can you give away in terms of um, either defending or stealing market share depending which way we're looking at it so so a couple of things on that is you can kind of extend that if you're going to go and look for products that your audience is going for some common things that you can you can kind of search for is not simply you don't have to rely completely on your own creativity as far as like what might go along with this or what you know my product is an accessory for somebody else's or somebody else's product an accessory or my audience is looking for products for this type of room for a baby room well there's a bunch of things that are going to go into the baby room right usually what you'll find though is you can find where there's plenty of places where amazon will, will say it's like okay shoppers who view this item also view shoppers who you know viewed this product purchased some other product so shoppers who purchase this product also purchase some other product those are kind of your tells that amazon is giving you not all of those are available through the desktop you know view some of those are only available on a smart you know through the mobile app but you can start there's there's at least 15 different kind of placements like that where you can generate ideas of what shopper behavior is that are related to to your audience and the products that they purchase and so don't be afraid to do a little bit of extra research or you know hire hire a va you know and or you know some teenager who's home from school who loves you know spending all their time online you know throw them a few bucks and say hey do this research for me (laughs) Yeah. absolutely now that makes so much sense i mean again as soon as you say it, i'm like why didn't i think of this four years ago but this is i guess what happens when somebody who's an expert in an area talks to you as soon as they say it like ah oh, i can't well, believe honestly, i think like, of this the, yeah. the reason this is coming up so much and why, why i've been talking about it so much the last couple of months is because the the platform and the competition has necessitated it we've got product niches that we operate in where you know typically you know a, a standard product niche if you search for your main keyword for instance and it comes back with you know ten thousand competitors you're like oh man that's an expense you know that's a competitive niche we're playing now in product niches where a search term will bring back two three hundred thousand two hundred to three hundred thousand competing listings you can't use one there's no one magic bullet that'll solve that for you right you're not going to do it You're not going to solve the ranking game just on advertising alone. You're not going to solve it just on like a mini chat giveaway. You're not going to solve it by doing you know, like social media. Um, you've got to have a lot of things working together, including getting the attention of the shopper by setting yourself apart, 
getting increasing your conversion rate by making sure that you've got a compelling listing in language that speaks to what's in it for the shopper. And then ultimately, you've got to also not only defend your own product and brand real estate airspace from competitors trying to nip at you, trying to attack, but you also need to make sure that you're getting your product out, your better product out to get higher visibility when shoppers have been lured over to somebody else's lower quality product. You can say, I've got a better quality product. I've got no problem as far as like grabbing that shopper and saying, I've got a better product, you know, better product than, than they have. It's kind of like a, an arms race, isn't it really? And, and as you say, like if you're in a place where you've got 200,000 results is busy rather than 10,000, then yeah, you, you have to just up your game. So what you're saying, I suppose you used to be really best practice and really perfectionist now it's like necessary <laughs> yeah i, I mean five years saying. ago we could just come in and like oh i can actually have a professional shot photo and that was enough <laughs> to win the sale obviously it, it has changed significantly over the last you know few years it's gotten a lot more competitive and, and any platform does this google did that facebook does this you know any of the platforms is that you have to progressively do more and more now you can pick your battles and say don't get overwhelmed and say, it's like, well, but I have 500 products. I can't possibly do all this. I'm not even going to start. No, pick your top two or three and start doing a greater effort to speaking to your target audience, telling them what it is that's in it for them by having your product. What are they going to experience by having your product? And then having that in your, you know, somehow adding that into your, your image and your title within, within one or two words or a visual that then can be communicated through not only listings, but also ads. And then it's just a matter of like scaling up your ad visibility and getting it out there. And then, you know, you're going to apply normal PPC optimization. I've got whole, you know, free guides and that kind of stuff on, on teaching that. So that's not an issue there. It's just more of a case of you've got to set aside a little bit of time and put in a little bit of effort in order to have an immediate competitive advantage over your competitors within your niche. When you think about the amount of work that goes into product development and to get a competitive advantage compared to that, I mean, up, upgrading a listing or let, never mind setting up some PPC ad and a little bit of research is pretty straightforward way of getting it. I, I think it's pretty low hanging fruit for me, unless you're really, really deep into product dev and, and you really don't like Amazon ads or something. And uh, yeah, I, I, the other thing I would say is this, exactly picking out your winners. We've got one person in the mastermind that I run who's doing several million dollars a year and, and um, has lots of different products off Amazon. They have maybe 300 products on Amazon. And I mentioned doing an 80-20 analysis of which products are making your sales. And bless me, we went away and did it, came back with a graph. Guess what? 10 products were doing most of his sales out of 300. So yeah. you obviously, you probably don't need, in my experience, to actually optimize more than, you know, a few maybe 10, maybe 20 to have a huge impact. So yeah. I would just echo what you're saying there. I mean, it's definitely, definitely worth doing. That's so actually, that example right there is actually kind of something that we see periodically with some of our larger accounts at, over at Canada Management. That is, you'll have a brand that maybe is like a national brand and now they're selling you know, on e-commerce and they'll come in in the spring and they'll say, here's our 500 products that we want, that were introduced into the market. We want you to test market. And then at the end of the test, they're going to pick a hundred that are actually going to supply for Q4. Same thing goes. It's like, you, 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 you know, not all of your products are going to be superstars. They're going to be heroes. And really, if you have a limited time, limited budget, you need to focus again and again. You need to come back and say, okay, what's my 80-20? What's my 80-20? I'm a big fan of Pareto. You know, it, it's 
now that being said is that I've seen plenty of cases where somebody is so hyper-focused, like these are my hero products because they're selling the most and they have a 15% conversion rate. It's like, well, what about this other product down here that has a 45% conversion rate and has, you know, hardly any sessions and any visibility? You're like, what are you doing with that? They're like, oh, we didn't even notice it. Yeah, because you're focused <laughs> yeah. on, you know, I've got the big, tall, beautiful trees in the front yard and you're forgetting you've got a whole forest behind you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you could go too far with either extreme. I, I guess the point is not so much to ignore things or to obsess about everything, which are both kind of slightly dysfunctional <laughs> approaches. But to start with, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, to break through overwhelm and start with the, the, the killer products and then to work your way down the list, right? As you say, the forest in the backyard. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, that's good advice. And I think, you know, you're right to say that and that focus of, you know, start with one or two because that the... the the biggest danger is inaction because people hear this say that sounds really cool but i can't do it as opposed to that sounds really cool and it's really doable so i'm going to go do it so there would be nothing more pleasing to me than if somebody hears this right now and goes away and clicks away at their listings and gets that set up if people want to get uh, more of advice and help from you obviously incredibly expert in this stuff you got your finger totally on the pulse where do they go to hear more from you brian well, probably the easiest ones. I've got a lot of companies out there, but you know, my, my of course, I've, I've got my flagship um, canopy management done for you advertising agency. We help a lot of brands scale up, and like you, like you had introduced in the beginning, is that our goal is is on profitability and getting them to become category kings within their niche. So definitely, canopymanagement.com would be our site. You know, just kind of start the conversation with it, with us. If it's a good fit, then great. Uh, if not, we'll tell you, here's some direction on what, what you can do in order to improve where you're at. So it's kind of a win-win either way. Second, if you are just getting started started out or if you need a refresher on, or some businesses, they just send their VA over, <laughs> their staff over, you know, join into the, the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group on Facebook. You know, that's a big community focused just on Amazon advertising. Some great resources and great people there that will, will help with you know, with your questions. Excellent. Well, it only remains for me to say, first of all, thank you for making us think hard about some some really logical things. It, it takes a bit of getting your head around some of this stuff, particularly with all the new advertising options now. Suddenly we've got choices. And, and as you said in the previous episode, choice can lead to kind of slowing down to the point of no action. But I think also you've given us some very, very actionable things, some of which I've never heard before and really valuable. So fantastic stuff. Thank you very much indeed for coming back on the show. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.